this? Dave is pouring a white claw into his mug. <laughs> I have not had a manicure. I've had pedicures. I've not had a manicure. <laughs> So, welcome to the Laced Up After Hours podcast, behind the scenes podcast, started from the bottom podcast. We don't really have a name yet, um, but my name is Andy Pevsner. I'm one of the founders, creators, owners of Laced Up. Uh, we're a sneaker store with four locations in New York. Well, technically one of them is in New Jersey, but uh, four locations. I'm here with my brother, Phil Pevsner. He's one of the other owners, founders, creators of Laced Up. You want to say something about yourself real quick, Phil? Um... Believe it or not, I'm actually the older brother by a year and a half. You can't really tell right now because yeah. we're sitting. I'm a lot taller. You know, he, he got the height. I got the looks. You know, it's a trade-off. Oh. So, um, you know, you take what you can get. Not, not that I'm short. Like, I'm just under six feet. Yeah, he's super like, short. <laughs> feels like 5'11", the same height as me. You haven't met me yet, though. Anyway, so uh, here we are with our oldest employee, both in terms of how long he's been with us and actual age. He's super old. Uh, David Ravita here from Albany, New York. Hey. From Laced Up Albany. He's our store manager there and has been for three and a half years. Three and a half years. Wow. Three and a half years. Good to have you down here in Laced Up Palisades. It's been, a, it's been a quick three and a half years. It only feels like about a year, so. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have Gabby from Laced Up Queens. Yes. You want to say something about yourself, Gabby? Um... I was not born in the United States, if you didn't know that. Where were you born? I was born in Brazil, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. When did you move to the U.S.? That. I moved here when I was four years old. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Do yeah. you speak Brazilian? Portuguese. And yes, I do speak Portuguese. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, so here we are in Laced Up Palisades, recording our first ever podcast. Our intention with this podcast is, in the future, we want to interview people, talk to interesting people with cool stories. Uh, for our first episode, we thought it'd be interesting to get two of our staff, one of our oldest staff and one of our newest staff, and talk about just the history of Laced Up, how we got here, how we started Laced Up, um, kind of the process we took to get here. And, I mean, Laced Up has been open for almost four years now. Um, it's been a long journey before that to be here. Um, we have four stores um, over 55,000 orders. Dave, in the beginning, he was always asking me, like, uh, I was like, yo, are we going to survive? Are we we going to be open the next couple months? Are we going to make it? You know, 2016 was rough, man. He's like, you guys got enough money for payroll this week? Yeah, like, you know, (laughs) people think this sneaker game is easy when you open the first year, but it's not. There was rough times, you know. Cash was tight. We had all this product. Sales weren't moving. Yeah, I mean, I think me and Phil didn't take, we didn't take a salary for the first two years. Two so years. what, like two years? These what it guys looks like now? Paying all their staff members before they paid themselves, yeah. and we did not know if uh, this was going to work out. You know what I mean? Um, sales were slow. Product was heavy. We had all the product in the in in the store, and um, sales weren't moving. So we didn't know what the next move was. But things picked up after that. Well, yeah. So that's Dave's story. We'll back up a little bit, and I think me and Phil will take some time and kind of talk about our story and what it was like to start Laced Up because I think it'd be an interesting perspective to hear what it's like going from having no sneaker resale experience, knowing nothing about the sneaker game. You guys knew nothing about sneakers. Absolutely nothing. Didn't even know that that was a thing to within three and a half, four years having, you know, a $5 million business, four locations. What were you guys doing before Laced Up? Before Lace, I mean, so we would, we had like, we've been, our parents are super entrepreneurial in spirit, so we've been kind of doing businesses our whole lives, um, whether it be like, I think we, the first one we started was like lawn care when we were age like 10 or something like yeah. that. Just asking neighbors like, hey, can we mow your lawn for 10 bucks, something like that. Yeah. And then going from there, the next venture after that was probably... Uh, right about the time you got your license. I think you actually started it a little bit before because you were having people drive you around. Yep. So right around the time Phil was 16. So Phil's a year and a half older than me, so I was 14, 15 at the time. You want to talk a little bit about uh, Motorhead Parts, our first business? I want to hear yeah. about your business ventures before Laced Up. 
after we did lawn care and actually after I did firewood, I, I used to chop down trees and make, you know, make firewood and sell that. Our next business was, it was called Motorhead Parts. Uh, we would buy uh, crashed motorcycles, dirt bikes, ATVs, uh, sometimes cars, and strip them apart and sell all the parts on eBay and on Craigslist. Um, and uh, I, actually, I actually loved it. Like, I, I hated totally it. loved it because Why'd you hate it? The, the kind of person that I am, like, I literally love to get dirty, like, love to work with my hands. I love to, like, you know, just go and do stuff. And I, you know, stripping down dirt bikes was, I absolutely loved it. No, it was terrible. Yeah. It was like, like well, it was, it was in, it was in the basement. All these parts were disgusting and dirty and greasy. And you had to like get these wire brushes and just like get in there and scrub them. Andy's yeah. always been more of the pretty boy of the two. At, that's a fact. He don't like to get his hands dirty. He yeah. likes to play on the keyboard a lot. Only only one of the two of us has ever had a manicure. So <laughs> I've not had a manicure. I've had pedicures. I've not had a manicure. Uh, okay. That makes it better. That does not make it better. Back to it. Pause. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so uh, Motorhead Parts was, I, I loved it. It was great. Um, it was a hard business, though. It was, I mean, a, yeah. You, you, we would drive, like, you know, multiple hours each way to buy one crashed bike for 300 bucks that we would maybe make a few hundred bucks on. So yeah. it was, like, all this. And then that was just the first part. You'd have to take it apart, clean every part, take pictures, list every single part on eBay, and just hope that they sell. Yeah. So... It was, a, it was a tough business to be in. It was a lot of traveling. It was like small margins. Um, you'd go a long way for a single bike that would make you a very small amount of money. Everything we did ourselves, I think at our pinnacle with that business, we had like two employees um, yeah. that would help out. But like for the most part, it was just us doing everything. We started it like when Phil got his license. So basically he was able to drive. We would just drive yeah. everywhere uh, with a little trailer and just pick up bikes and do it but yeah it was a, definitely a difficult business to be in and it was like a lot of work for every dollar for sure absolutely and i hated it it was all greasy yeah so, well, I like it. um anyway so we we did we did motorhead parts actually for a long time almost five years um my dad actually had to sign up because i wasn't even 18 when we originally started it so he had to put because uh, paypal requires you to be over 18 so he had to, to sell on ebay yeah yeah Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so legally, we couldn't even do it ourselves. Yeah. So our dad, we like borrowed his eBay account so yeah. that we could sell it. How old are you guys again? Uh, I, I'm about to turn 25 in February. Oh, right now? How old are you? Oh, I'm 23. I'm so old, I feel like a <laughs> freaking father. How old are you, Gabby? I'm 20. I almost said 19, but I am 20. Oh, nice. I'm going to hide my yeah. face. I'm 30 yeah. again. Dave's as old as like yeah, two so of us put together. How, how old Gabby is now is we were already three years deep into motorhead parts. Whoa. No, no more. We were you. You were four years deep, and I. I would have been yeah. like six years deep because I was like. I feel like we. Act, he actually started before he got his license, so he was like sixteen. I was like fourteen when we started. Yeah, yeah. What happened to Motorhead Parts? Um, nothing happened. We we basically like you know we're. <laughs> I like to think that we're pretty smart people, so as we we did this. <laughs> um, it eventually just became clear, like, this is a lot of effort for not a lot of return. Like, you know, there's just so much effort and energy and time for, like, a few hundred dollars. Small that you, return. You know. Yeah, exactly. So um, our next, you know, thought to scale was uh, a business that we called Brothers um, – no, no, no. It was called Sports Supply Brothers. Well, yeah, so actually we – I don't really know much behind this story. You don't know anything? Okay, so I what, don't know well, about sports. Do? Well, in terms of like, in terms of time frame, so we basically we did motorhead parts like throughout middle school and high school. Yep. Uh, we finished high school. Phil was in his first year of college, and basically, like at, at that point, like motorhead parts kind of like dwindled out. We realized there wasn't a lot of return in it. I was focused on high school. Phil had just started college. Um, I was about to start college. Um, he went to U Albany here uh, locally in Albany. I went to Siena in Albany. And basically, during that first, like the summer after I graduated high school, so he had been in college for a year, I had been, I'm fresh out of high school, that was when we had this idea to sell shoes on Amazon. So basically, we had this idea to go to outlets, so we went to like primarily like Nike outlets, Adidas outlets, other like shoe brands like Reebok, that. Reebok. Yeah. Reebok, whatever it was, and we would find discount shoes, buy these discount shoes and sell them on Amazon. Yeah. So we were just driving around, yep. went to outlets in New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, New Jersey, like all over the place, Pennsylvania, and we would go to these outlets, 
find discount shoes, buy them, and sell them on Amazon. Yeah. So that was, that was the main business kind of before laced up. So Andy set up this whole like timeline for this podcast, like things that happened over the years, and I definitely didn't read it. Gabby, she's such a sweet girl. She definitely read it. It was a very busy day today. Um, we're right before Christmas. <laughs> Philip, 100%. I don't know this for sure, but Philip did not read the script on this. So. I've, been, I've been. It's not a script, okay? It's a lot of hard work. It's a useful timeline and some good guide points. And guide the podcast a lot. I spent like three days working on it. It's five well-typed pages. And the only one that read any part of it's Gabby. Andy came to the store today. His main focus was like writing these points on like what we're going to talk about during this podcast. You even knew Me that. and Phil did not read this. We were busy today. We were buying Bread 11s. Bread 11s. They aren't bricks for us. And Yeez Reels. And Yeez Reels. Who bought Yeez Reels today? We did. <laughs> Because we're going to make money um, out of those. I just want to cut back a little bit because I just remembered how Dave fully did not disclose. Because, all right, so it, let, let's just be let's just, let's there. Right, if, Dave, if Dave had um, been honest on his application, to at least stuff. I was just going for a part-time job. I was about to make like fucking... 350 an hour like i didn't care i just i've been collecting sneakers for many years i just thought it was cool like to be part of a sneaker like store i don't know i didn't really care about the job at the time i lied on my application this was four years ago on dave's application there's a question have you ever been accused or convicted of any crimes and he wrote no i was definitely convicted of a crime at some point in my life, but I lied <laughs> on the application because who are, guess, like who are these guys? They didn't, yeah. They're not gonna check my background. I, we I guess we'll never know what Dave. You'll never was. know what I've been arrested for, but it well, happened, and they didn't check my background. Well, if you if you had put like the truth on your application, we definitely would not. Have who marked. does that? Yeah, exactly. But I what knew do you I mean was, who does that. I, You're supposed to tell the truth on your application. I knew I was better than that application status so i lied on my application to get hired at least up let's just say all minimum of our, wage of three all of our upper management that doesn't include me and andy has been all of our upper <laughs> all of our upper management has just about a high school uh diploma and that's about it so going back to uh sports supply bro so basically yeah so we were we were selling shoes for a while on amazon and that business was going fine, and we were doing fairly well with it. However, I transferred schools in uh, – it's on the timeline if anyone read it. Uh, in, like, 2015, <laughs> I transferred schools to uh, Gordon College out in Boston. And actually, on my drive over there to do, like, uh, whatever. What's that thing called when you start college? Orientation. On my drive over to no orientation. Clue. Dropped out of college. This dude didn't even go to college, so. On our drive over to orientation – I got, we got like an email saying our Amazon account was shut down. Yeah. So I started college on the foot of our Amazon account shut down. What did you go to college for? Uh, business. But um, neither of us graduated. We both dropped out with about a semester to go. Yeah. So we're, we, our highest degree right now is a, uh, a high school degree. Yeah, yeah we, we both graduated, didn't graduate. We literally had it one semester left, each of us. You guys both graduated from high school. Yes. High school only, yeah. So we had we each had a semester left of college with a we would have had a business degree, and then we dropped out. But yeah, anyway. So <laughs> my IG profile says college dropout. So <laughs> mine says um, high school dropout. <laughs> so is, that's why I'm his boss. I did drop out of high school. Didn't you? But you dropped out of high school. I, listen, I was at uh, Colony High. I got kicked out of high school. I got kicked out of high school. That's not different. <laughs> that's different than dropping. I out. did, but I was kicked out. Out. I got kicked out of high school. But guess what? I got my GED. Wait. Okay. Yeah. That's something. Good enough degree. I got my good enough, I got my good enough <laughs> diploma yeah. for laced up. It was yeah. good enough to get hired. It was good enough. Fact. Okay, so basically, yeah, so that, like, process of getting shut down was kind of the driving force behind this idea we had of, like, we need to build a business that is more stable, that we can't just get shut down, that it's not out of our control, that we can, like, be confident in and like have kind of our destiny in our own hands and not like just be able to get shut down any day by Amazon. So that idea was kind of in the back of our minds that whole year. Um, And then basically about six months later in November of that same year, um, we started our business that ended up turning into Laced Up. So our our younger brother, Tim, had this idea 
Um, at the time, there was like this fad, the hoverboards. The hoverboards. Yeah. like two-wheel. Yep. Who, do, who doesn't remember the hoverboards? Yeah, it was yep. like a huge fad of 2015. <laughs> it was just starting to take off. This was like before they were catching on fire and stuff and Wait, all that. Yeah, yeah. Did it ever get banned from Albany? Like the streets no. of Albany? No. Uh, maybe. Never. Well, Skyline hoverboards the, on the streets of was, Albany to this day. I think like it was in New York City, City got banned. Yeah, in the city, yeah. like, we were not allowed to, so there's, like, no point of wasting Now we were good in Albany. After they explain this business venture, I have some good points to make about these hoverboards. All right, uh, okay. <laughs> that aside, I'm going to real yeah. quick explain it. So, yeah, basically, our brother Tim, actually, it was his idea originally. Um, he was, like, 12 or 13 at the time. He was, like... Oh, look at these hoverboards. They're lit. People want to buy them so bad. So, yeah, we, we basically found um, a supplier in China. We imported, like, bulk of these boards. And we decided we want to open a retail space in a mall. We first went to Crossgates Mall, which is Colony, where... Colony Mall. No, no, first went to Crossgates. We lost a spot in Crossgates, which is where we originally wanted to be. So, like, where we're from in Albany, there's, like, a good mall and there's a crappy mall. All, Crossgates is the good one. Colony sucks. Colony is, sucks. The, is the L one. So we wanted to be in Crossgates. It didn't work out. So we basically went crawling to Colony Mall and we're like, do you have any spots? They had one spot for us. So we ended up taking that spot, opening our hoverboard store in November of 2015. Yep. Uh, we had like one wall was just hoverboards and the other one, we like just needed to fill space in the store. It was like a thousand square foot store. We had no room in there. We just needed to fill space. So we put, like, a whole bunch of, like, our, like, random Amazon shoes. Like Nike outlet shoes. Like yeah. Nike outlet shoes. Like garbage. Like Air Maxes yeah. like and freaking like Metcons. Free runs. And just free like, runs. And like Monarchs. Absolutely, like, oh, my God. Yep, such trash. Yeah, the, the GRs yeah. of the GRs. Not even. Yeah. yeah. So we basically put those there. Again, at this time, we had no idea about anything remotely hype, streetwear, sneakers. Like, we didn't know any of this. Yeah. And um, we were just help, trying to fill space. We were just trying to fill space. And to help us out, again, our younger brother Tim, he was in all these Jordans and stuff like that. He would wear them all the time. We would make so much fun of him. We were like, why do you wear these shoes? They're so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, like, let me put some of my shoes in your store just to help you fill space. So we're like, yeah, sure, because we need to fill space. So he put a bunch of his shoes in our store, maybe like 10, 20 pairs. And yeah, so basically the flowboard was going fine. It was called flowboard at the store. That was going well. We were selling a lot. We killed it the holiday season. But we always knew it would be a fad. So we knew that this didn't have a lot of like legs or longevity. Um, but we're like, we're just kind of just winging it, riding it out as we go. But yeah, so Tim put all his shoes in our store. And we started noticing like January, February of that next year, 2016. We started noticing more people were coming in for the Jordans and stuff than they were for the hoverboards. And we're like, why are so many people interested in these yeah. Jordans? We did not, we could not get it. Like, literally, like... We're like, they're just shoes. It wasn't It wasn't 20 pairs. It was literally, like, five pairs of Jordans. We had, like, hundreds of pairs of these outlet shoes, and we had five pairs of Jordans. And to us, they were, like, ugly. And we just didn't And way more it. expensive than the other Way shoes. more expensive. I'm like, who is going to come in and pay 250 bucks or whatever, 200 bucks for a pair of Jordans? Like... <laughs> Why would anyone spend this much money on shoes? It doesn't make any sense. We had these few pairs, like five, six pairs of Jordans, and we had all these people come in. Like, we had so many people come in, and it just made no sense. I was like, So they were coming in and looking at the Jordans over the hoverboards. Yes. Over the hoverboards, over all of our other shoes. We had all these, like, in my eyes, like, great running shoes, right? Like, all this awesome stuff, and, like, people just didn't care. We had them way under the prices of Foot Locker. Like, Full Locker would have a pair of running shoes for, like, 120 bucks. We had them for, like, 50 bucks. No one bought them. But Jordans, everyone was coming in and asking about them. I could not get it. So I was still in college at this yeah. time. So, like, at, also, like, as we were doing Flowboard, at the same time we were, like, building the store, opening it for the first time. Obviously, we had no experience in retail whatsoever. Everyone we talked to was, like, retail is dying. Why would you do retail? Yeah. You're already doing online. That's yeah. where the future is. Don't do retail. Our parents were like, this is crazy. You're yeah. going to be miserable in a store. Yep. I'm still in college. Well, we were both still in college, but I was in college in Boston. Yeah. So I was driving, like, on weekends, I'm driving three hours back and forth. Yep. Like, I finished my classes Friday, drive back, work the weekend at the store, and then, like, Sunday night or mo early Monday morning, I'm driving back to, like, start my next classes yep. the next week. And Phil's also doing classes. Yeah. 
working the store as much as he can. We're asking everyone we can to help us, our family, our friends, anyone, like, like literally we would staff anyone that would possibly be willing to work the store. My girlfriend at the time worked like a shift or two, like literally anyone we could find to like work shifts and stuff. So we're just like winging it. We have no idea what we're doing. It, the store, like if you look at the build out of it at the time, it looked atrocious. How long was Flowboard open for? About six months. Yeah. Six months. So in that six months, was it worth your time? Did you make money? At Absolutely. Flowboard? Yeah. We so the day before Christmas, we sold like what, like forty hoverboards or something. Like it was insane. We yeah. Was, we were. We were it yeah. blew our minds. Yeah. I mean, at the time, they were. They were. They everyone wanted them. We were selling them like crazy. So. They were hot. They like yeah. hoverboards were hot. Everyone was buying them. It was like only like a year that people were really, really messing yeah. But we were right at that time. So it was kind yeah. of like a fortunate couple months of the business was making money. We were selling a lot of hoverboards. And that's kind of what gave us the opportunity to be able to transition into lay stuff. Was there a time where you knew like hoverboards were dying out? Like you knew yeah. that it was coming to its last like yeah. stretch? I think, I think that we saw the writing on the wall really early on. So yeah. even you though knew it was like a fad, hundred yeah. percent. So it was only gonna last. even though the sales were good, we yeah. we, we knew we, we we knew that it was just a matter of time before people would get over this. This wasn't like a long term business, so yeah. we were just like we saw this opportunity yeah. to make some money quick, open a store, see what happens, and we just decided to give it a shot. So Flowboard was open for three months, yeah. six months, six, six months. months. So six months. so we were in Colony Mall, and we were seeing that. Um, we want to transition to sneakers. We go to the mall and we're like, hey, we want to change our name to Laced Up and we want to primarily sell shoes. Well, well, so in in the time, yeah. like, so, like, we put Tim's five pairs up. Lots of people are coming in. Yeah. So we're like, all right, let's try this sneaker thing out. I'm still at college at Gordon in Boston. Phil is like, hey, we want to start trying this sneaker thing. Yeah. So we hire a couple of staff members that know a little bit about sneakers. Yeah. And we start buying shoes. And we start putting them up in the store. Yep. And basically, it's kind of starting to take off. Like, people are coming in fairly regularly, trying to sell shoes to us. Um, we're starting to build a little bit more of a selection. And, like, it's actually, like, starting to build up some real sales. Like, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, one shoe every month. It was starting to, like, kind of keep pace with the hoverboards. So, at that point, Phil was like, hey, I think there's really something here. We should... Um, hoverboards are, you know, hoverboards are only going to be here for a while. Let's change our name to Laced Up. Let's start transitioning to sneakers, and then we'll still have hoverboards, but, like, we'll slowly maybe phase that out, but, you know, let's focus on sneakers. Yeah. So, yeah, so we re- reach out to Colony Mall. I go to Colony Mall, and this is the time that they choose to tell me that, hey, even though that you opened here, you're paying these this outrageous rent, actually, Full Locker and, and Champs has an exclusive on sneakers, so technically... You're not supposed to be selling shoes at all. Yeah, like legally, you can't sell sneakers. Yeah, they're like, we'll turn a blind eye to it. You can keep doing it as long but as you're paying you us rent. You cannot change your name to Laced Up. Yeah. So we're like, well, we're not going to keep being in yeah. business here, being a sneaker-focused store called Flowboard. So we're like, this makes no sense for us. Yep. So at that time, we reached back over to the reps that have been talking to us for forever at Crossgates, and we're like, all right, we want to like change over. Do you have any spots for us? Uh, we want to like leave Colony, yeah. move over to Crossgates, and be laced up full time. So I, what happened was, I had w- one weekend. I took my two little brothers. I have there's four of us total. So there's Andy's younger than me, and then I have two other younger brothers. I had taken them out to the movies, and I was in Crossgates Mall walking. You know, we were going to the movies, and I seen this space available. It used to be a Toys R Us. It was huge. It was, it was Toys R Us square feet. Toys R Us Express. Or yeah, something. it was four I times the size of. The current store we were in. Yep. So I was like, all right, like this is the only space I've seen available. So I reached out to them and they're like, yeah, it's available, you know, whatever. So basically, it did, wasn't working out at Colony Mall with the name and we were able to make a deal quickly at the new space in Crossgates. But this space was so massive that we literally, like, when we, when we first opened, it was like, I mean, if you had walked in there now, you were like, you wouldn't even recognize it compared to what it is now. It was like, how many? Uh, when you moved to Crossgates, how many? First of all, what was your sneaker knowledge when you moved to Crossgates? Right, it was still zero. We literally we hired this one dude who like knew about sneakers, and I hired him because he knew about sneakers, and he still didn't even know that much. And 
he was the only one in my entire staff that knew anything about like Jordans or Yeezys or whatever. Yeah, we like moved over all our existing yeah. flowboard staff. They had no obviously no sneaker yeah. knowledge whatsoever. And then I remember there was like this book. It was like the Encyclopedia of Air Jordans, and we yeah. still have it. We still yeah, yeah. have it. We still have it. <laughs> at so the store. I, yeah. I was still. In it's college. like a hundred dollar book now, by the way. Yeah. We bought that to, as like our business like study plan. Yeah, I was still in college at the time, and I like took this book and I like tried to study it. And like learned like the Air Jordan Still one is this, yeah. It didn't really learn much, but like the Air Jordan two is this. So it was literally mm-hmm. an encyclopedia. But other than that, no idea. No idea like what buy sell trade looks like. No idea what you know what Jordans are, how to authenticate. Literally nothing. So basically, yeah. I mean, we kind of just. And he's still in college at the time. I'm here, and at this point, actually, so we opened laced up in June. And I had finished my semester in May, and I was literally one semester left from graduating with a business degree from the SUNY Business School, which I had tried, you know, I had worked so hard to get into. But I literally was like, all right, I'm done. I dropped out, and I did this full time. I was there every single day. And so we opened the store. We had, I mean, honestly, when we opened, we had, what, like 20 30 pairs of Jordans. It was like laughable. They had foam posits. They they had a whole case of foams. I wasn't, I I did not work at the store when they first opened, but I did stop in a couple times. The selection was pretty poor. It was laughable. What year is this? Because like foam posits were kind of cool. Like 2016. 2016. Yeah, not Yeah, four years years I stopped in a couple (laughs) times. The selection was pretty I mean, but it was like, and it was exceptionally bad because it was a 4,000 square foot space. And we had like maybe like fifty to hundred pairs of shoes. And I know you guys overpaid for all that stock oh, in that yeah. store. Yeah. You guys probably like, made nothing on that yeah. first two hundred. And, and it was like and it was like we were like trying to fill the shelves. So we we're like yep. we need to get inventory somewhere. So we found this guy who was like a Nike manager we knew from the Sports Supply Bros days. And we're like, hey, can we buy? Like he had a huge collection. So we went to buy his collection, and like all of his shoes were like size twelve foam posits. So we, we had those foams for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. We, we probably yeah. still have some of them. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. We sold them. We probably like. <laughs> we, we probably lost money on half of yeah, those Yeah, we foams. brought in like 50 pairs of size 12 foam pods, and we're like, oh, we have the best selection in the game. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> it was we, laughable. Yeah. But I, I remember, so Phil had been working the store for the last couple of months while I was in college. I hadn't been doing a lot with the sneakers. I was reading my encyclopedia or whatever. But I came <laughs> Learned back. nothing four so years I come, later. I come back from college. We, we build out this store. It's like, looks laughable. It's way too big. Our selection's terrible. But the first day we opened, we opened within the first hour, this guy comes in and we had, um, at the time, this was like a really hot shoe, uh, a Jordan 5 Supreme camo. Yeah, and I think this was pretty shortly after they came out. But yeah, so we, we opened, we had this shoe. I don't know how we got them, but we had them. So this guy comes in and he's like, oh, can I try these on? And I knew nothing about shoes. I was like, uh no, they're brand new. You can't try them on. <laughs> and they were like four hundred fifty bucks or something like that. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, all right, I'll still take them." And he bought them on the spot <laughs> within the first hour we opened. Yep. And I was just like floored. I was like, "People will pay this amount of money yep. for shoes?" Because I, I hadn't seen any of the stuff that Phil had been seeing firsthand. So that just like floored me within the first hour of day one. And I was like, "Wow, there might actually be something here. Like this might actually be a viable business." And yeah, so since then it's kind of just yo. These guys had a freaking basketball machine in their store. Yeah. We so used to sell out. Listen, we used to sell outlet Nike clothing on racks. We used to sell True Religion jeans on racks. Oh, we used to sell True Religion jeans. So yeah. the first day I got hired, like Phil told me to meet him at the store at like 10 a.m. Phil did not show up till noon. I did not know what I was doing. I was just standing around. I, I had no clue what was going on. The very first thing Phil ever trained me on was how to fold um, outlet shorts, outlet freaking sweatpants. Yeah. He was like, oh, when you come in in the morning. They hired me as a manager right off the rip. I don't know why. But they did. They were like, oh, you're the manager here. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you look at, like, the history of Laced Up. So, basically, we opened in June, and we hired Dave two months later. August. So, so Dave has basically been with Laced Up almost since the beginning. Yeah. Almost since the beginning. And in terms of like all the important stuff, like Dave's been there. But the, the crucial thing about having Dave was 
is it really kind of opened us up to the idea of like, wow, we hire a responsible manager that can run this store. We can leave the store and go do other things. So like, if not for Dave, then we would never have been able to go and open more stores because yeah. we were, I mean, honestly, like more or less in one store or the other for the first like two years, yeah. we were working a store like 12 hours a day, Every seven days day. a week for like multiple years. But like in the first year, like the first couple of months, we were, again, we were there every day. And like, obviously it's not easy being there every day. So having a manager like Dave, we were like, wow, we could hire someone to run the store for us. Yep. And then our, our first instinct of entrepreneurs wasn't like, oh, cool, we can start taking time off. Our first instinct was like, oh, cool, we can open more stores. Yeah. My availability <laughs> sucked, though. So my availability, like I worked at Price Chopper uh, five days a week, 40 hours. I usually got out about 5 p.m. I would come to Laced Up in my freaking Price Chopper uniform yep. unchanged. I would, I would bring a, a change of clothing with me. Yeah. And... People would be in there trying to sell shoes. I'd, I'd roll around the freaking desk in my Price Chopper uniform name tag, and I'd be buying bundles of shoes. And people are, like, looking at me funny, like, wait, you work here? I'm like, yeah, I work here. Like, I know I'm still in my Price Chopper uniform, like, but you're selling us shoes right now, so I got to handle this. And, uh, yeah, I'd get there about – I worked at Price Chopper until 5 p.m., so I'd rush to lay stuff. I was working about 70 hours a week at the time. which was crazy like laced up was not my priority but um i don't know buying shoes came like really naturally to me so i I mean talk about your your background in sneakers and um, like why we chose you before i got hired at laced up which i still don't know why they hired me um i i've been collecting shoes for like uh i started collecting in 2010 so um, I knew extensive information about sneakers. Um, I've never done anything about buy, sell, trade. I didn't know much about the business, but you were born I, with buy, sell, trade. This I was, yeah, like treats. if <laughs> like coming up young, like I didn't have much of a future. Um, I was I was pretty disappointed. Like I w- I was not the best kid. Like um, if you would have looked at me when I was eighteen years old, you would have thought like I'd either be in jail or just like I don't know. I was a really bad kid. Um, you were like, much. "Damn, I can't believe people can be completely bald yeah. at eighteen. Yeah, you like know? the oldest person in the company uh, at the time was like twenty years old. Yeah. So nobody took anybody serious. Like this can't be like a legit resale. So business. having like a legitimate manager yeah. definitely added a lot of legitimacy, and that kind of speaks to the point of. The, the overall story of Laced Up is that we've been fortunate enough to hire great staff. And that's the reason we've been able to expand. That's the reason we've been able to grow yep. and be where we are now. Because, yeah. again, me and Phil have zero background in sneakers. We're business people, and we came into this business knowing nothing about shoes. So the only reason we've been able to grow to the point we are is because, one, we've been able to learn and adapt to sneakers and this business and this culture ourselves. But primarily, we've been able to hire awesome people who are super passionate about sneakers, have the knowledge, have the expertise, and can do a good job representing us and representing this company. So when they hired me as a part-time manager, they gave me $12 an hour. (coughs) Fancy. But um, yeah, we came into negotiations. I got a lot better than that because I knew I was very valuable to the team. Um, my my brain works a little different than a lot of people. I don't I don't have a very smart brain, but when it comes to sneakers, I uh, when it comes to sneakers, I know what I'm talking about. Like Dave's got, Dave's got a number of weaknesses, yeah. but definitely I have his, a number his, of weaknesses. His yep. strengths are customer service, yep. which he learned over his 12 year tenure at Price Shopper, and then buy sell trade, which I guess you can't really teach. Like, it's like a Rick not, Harrison pawn star. I'm not the best manager on paper. If you if you lay out paper and are like is this, should this guy run my store? The answer is probably no. But there's no way that anybody else could run the store the way I run it. And I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm not replaceable for what I do. Like I do have my weaknesses, but I know my strengths overcome that. And that's bringing in the money. Yeah, he tells him that himself. That I tell myself that every day. Yeah, but anyway. but listen, they give me a hard time. Like the, these guys are very hard to work for. They're you guys are hard to work for, you know that's, what I mean? Like, that's not a lie. That's, that's it's bad. not a lie. Like, Phil, Andy and Phil are very different. Who's harder to work for, me or Andy? Uh, Phil's very much harder to work for. <laughs> Phil, Phil is... Phil, Phil so describe be, us, like, 
You know, you're drunk, so you're, like, you're, you're, you're saying <laughs> All right, all right, so let me explain Phil and Andy a little bit. Phil is, um, Phil's a lot harder on me than Andy is. Andy's soft like I am. Yeah, Andy's soft like I am. Andy's I'm like, uh, soft? all right, Andy's <laughs> a lot more, re- all right, nice. all right, Andy's very nice, and he's a lot more reasonable than Phil is, like, Phil looks at smaller pictures in the store when we should be looking at the bigger picture. He gives me a hard time about like things that aren't that important. Andy listens to me a little more, but um, Dave just does stuff like I'll, I'll come in and I'll just see like Sockliner in, in a shoe and I'll be like, "Yo, bro, like, Sockliner." We're talking about Sockliner here. We're a multi-million-dollar business, and this man's talking about Sockliner in a shoe. I mean, like, you have to have someone that, like... This man is talking about... Yo, there's sock lint in this shoe right now. Like, who's going to buy that? Like, nobody's ever complained about sock lint in a shoe. <laughs> we're, we're sitting here making millions of dollars in sales. All right, anyway, anyway, all right. We're going to change topic because we're getting a little off track. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a super quick, like, timeline update after Albany. So, hiring Dave gave us the ability to be like, all right, cool. This guy will run our store. We can open more stores. Our next option down. We went... And we reached out to, like, five different malls. So we reached many. out to all of our, like, dream malls in, like, the New York City area. No the, one would even listen to no us. No one would even, like, talk to us, listen yeah. to us. The only one we could even get, like, an option conversation is was actually Palisades, which we are filming in. Yep. Recording in right now. So Palisades was the only one, and it's, like, not the best mall. But it's, like, the only one that would even listen to us at the time. They're like, oh, you have one store that's nothing, whatever. So... We opened here in Palisades in uh, March of 2017. So almost a year after we opened Albany. Because around January, February of that time, Dave became full-time manager. He quit Price Shopper. He's running the Albany store. We're like, cool. We can move down to, like, Nyack. This is, like, we're right outside of the Bronx is where we are. Um, Open here in Palisades, New York. So we open, And then about a month, two months later, we hired um, AJ, who is currently our district manager. Abdulito hardly speaks any English. Yeah, he refused to be on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, he likes to keep yeah, a low his, profile. His he's here though. He's here. He's eating yeah, chips. Does, he doesn't want to be. Uh, his, his, we call him Jesus. Yeah, he's like literally or, right over there. But anyway, Abdulito. So yeah, so we opened that in uh, 2017. 2017, which was a huge accomplishment. Like we yeah. were all like really freaking proud of this store. Like yeah. we couldn't. We believe. went from one store, which like anyone can have one store, to like being a multi-store yeah. company. We couldn't yeah. believe we like this. This was like one of our proudest moments, I'd say, in the last like since we've opened. Like this is a very proud store. We were very. We couldn't believe that we um, did so well in Albany that we could actually open a second store. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, we opened in. in and so, like, 2017 was kind of the year where we're like, oh, let's open as many stores as possible. And that was kind of the theme of that year. Palisades worked out for us. Uh, later that year, in September, we opened, um, we did, like, kind of a pop-up slash store. And actually, we're like, let's, we got New York covered here in Palisades. Let's go and do Los Angeles. We went out yeah. to L.A. I don't know what we were oh. thinking, but. It so didn't me, work out how we wanted it to. It didn't work out how we wanted it to. But, yeah, me and Phil literally yeah. flew out, got an apartment, moved to Los Angeles, and opened a store in Los yep. Angeles. And you guys moved to the freaking hood. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. Like deep and it was still expensive. LA. It was still like two grand a oh, month. It was like 2500 $2, a month. $2,500 a month. For a studio. Listen, you did not feel safe walking outside. When they were like, yo, you should come to L.A., like, I was so excited. Like, yo, L.A., palm trees. Bro, I went to L.A., and I was scared to walk out of the hotel yeah, to go to freaking Rite Aid, 7-Eleven, Rite Aid. Yeah. They had toothbrushes locked up. at the. <laughs> they had toothbrushes locked up at the local corner store. Yeah. And security guards manning the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely, like... So 2017 was like the year of like, let's expand like crazy. We opened two stores this year. Yeah. We were on top of the world. And then the well, kind of reality set in that like, it's not easy to manage stores across like yeah. coasts. You can't be there all the time. Yeah. And at that time, my girlfriend was going to college in Boston. I was flying back and forth like crazy. We're trying to like talk with all three yeah. of our stores on different coasts while living in Los Angeles. It was just a rough time. Yeah. We were just kind of doing it like we did this because we thought we should. And it it wasn't like we didn't really think through the decision too much. And we allowed – we kind of like – we shouldn't have opened that store. Like it didn't really give us anything. We had like dreams of L.A. We thought like 
beautiful things, crazy sales, but we didn't open up in the correct location. We didn't open up in the correct location, and our staff selection was just bad. Like, you know, you know, the the fact is, like, we we got our, our staff robbed us there and took advantage of us because yes. we weren't there all we the time. We had thousands of dollars of products thousands stolen of by dollars. staff yeah. that we trusted. Yeah. Yep. And it, I mean, and it is what it is. Like we, we kind of took it with a grain of salt, and we learned from that. And you know, unfortunately, we had to close that location. It was, you know, it, it is what it is. Like we're not, we're not ashamed to say it. Like we, we closed it, and because we were able to close LA, we, we literally like two months later we opened Queens. So we yeah, opened, like in terms of timeline, yeah, we opened Los Angeles in September of 2017, yep. and we closed it in May of 2017. So we closed it down. We Phil drove back with a van yeah. full of all. Phil of the drove to L.A. and got all the stuff in our van. We closed the lease early. Yeah. We didn't return our freaking drove boxes, back the cable boxes, no, nothing. Drove back with our no. tail between our legs. Yep. Super like bummed out, disappointed. But so it was such out. a good move. It was but, so good that we. But yeah, LA. Be, doing that allowed us to focus on like things that are not as flashy. Because the first that that first that 2017 that year we're like we got to open as many stores as possible. But the next year was the year of like okay, kind of retreating, looking internally, and we started doing real accounting and our numbers and being like which stores are making money, how much are we making, what makes sense, what doesn't, and then being like what actually makes sense. Like just opening stores blindly was clearly not the right thing. To yeah. Do. We were, we kind of had this attitude, but we like came back, we closed like Los Angeles. We're back home in New York. We've moved back physically. Yeah. Um, we're here in New York. We we're, we're down from three stores and one of them is Los Angeles to just two stores. And it's like super huge blow to the pride, but we reach out to Queens. Phil had the idea to reach out to Queens. I was like, remember what happened last time? They have no interest in us. But he's like, no, nah, let's just reach out anyway. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. So we reach out to them. Yep. And then... We they kept c- pressing and pressing. And actually, we we didn't think we were going to get it at all. Yeah. And they were kind of like... They were saying like, eh, not really. We don't really have anything. Yeah. And then kind of just out of the blue one day, um, maybe August of that year, yeah. they just reach out to us like, we have a spot. If you want it, this is the price. You got to take it right now. Yeah. So we literally had to like... We had probably like 24 hours yeah, to make it. It was like a matter of like... You want this spot or you don't, you have to decide today and sign the lease and to give us a deposit today. Give us a two months rent security deposit yeah. and you have to have the store built out in two weeks. Yep. Like I said, you have to have you the have store to take built possession. out in two weeks as of today. You have to take which possession. Which is crazy. Yeah, you have to take possession, demolish everything that's existing there, and build a store from scratch. And whether you finish or not, this really expensive rent starts 14 two weeks days from now. From now. Yep. Is Queens worth it? Queens is 100% worth it. We we were so scared when we first did it. It was terrifying. It was way more rent than we've ever paid in our whole lives. What store does the but best sales? Queens is Queens the best sales. Queens, Queens kills it. Queens will Kill always up. do the best sales. Gabby, Gabby she, yeah, kills Gabby, Gabby's there Queens. every day. She knows yeah, so Queens. basically in terms of time frame, we opened Queens in... Um, so we closed Los Angeles in May of 2018. We opened Queens in September, September 1st. of 2018. Yep. And we hired Gabby. So we hired Gabby like very shortly after we opened um, Queens. Do you want to talk a little bit about like Gabby? What's what's significant about you? How you? I don't think you remember this. So probably don't. I was. I think I was the only female at that store, and I Gabby was the first female. She was the only female in the whole company. She was the first female in the company. I dragged my best friend to Queen Center Mall because I knew laced up because of Palisades, since like I'm around the Nyack area. But I went to Queen Center Mall because of Just Win. I had watched yeah. him for like several months. Several I remember months. that. I do remember that. Actually. So I went for Just Win. Yep. And I remember when I was talking, um, I actually spoke to Cam, who was the manager at Albany, right? Yeah. Or assistant manager? manager? He was assistant manager. You're a manager. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Oh, I'm not offended. You, you know, you're Cam like, was David's boss. You're like a little bit over yeah. manager, you know? Cam was my boss. No, he's just manager. But yeah, so like... I'm pretty humble. I'm a little shy. My best friend's like super outgoing. And then she yeah. spoke to Andy. She was like, so like my friend is here. Like, can she get anything for free? And Andy went ahead and gave me a t-shirt, which I'm pretty sure is this one actually. And I took it. I was like, screw it. Like I love things for free. Hmm. Um, and then I ended up speaking to Cam and I had gotten into the like sneaker game in 2011 when the Concords came out. Um, and I mean, I've loved sneakers since then. And this is, I think 20, 
19. No, 2018. Yeah, I had just turned 19. It was actually a week after my birth. No, it was the day after my birthday. So I pulled up. I uh, spoke to Cam. Cam was like, yeah, sure, like, fill out an application. It took, like, a good hour to fill that out. Like, wrote <laughs> wrote a whole paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, like, I'm, I'm really passionate with what I do. Um, and that was basically the start of everything. Yeah. I mean, I remember talking to you at we did speak, yeah. the Just Win pop-up because Cam was like, oh, there's this girl here with her friend. She's like, knows about us, and she's been to our Palisade store. I have, so, yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, are you here for Just Win or whatever? And she's like, oh, no, I know about you guys, and I've been to your Palisade store. So at that time, I was like, oh, that's so crazy, like, that you actually, like, know about Laced Up, and you're not just here for, like, this YouTuber. So, and then I remember, like, a couple weeks later, Cameron came up to me, and he was like, um, we were going over applications, and he was like, oh, do you remember this girl, Gabby? She came to the pop-up. She's super into sneakers. She's been to our Palisade store. So she kind of knows about the company. So that was kind of why uh, Cameron's push for you was kind of that reason we gave you that yeah. first interview. So shout out to Cam for giving me my job. Shout out Cam, we missed you, bro. Yeah, dude, so what happened? <laughs> Actually, Cam also hired our district manager, AJ. Yep, that's a fact. If we had AJ, we'd talk about him more, but like AJ's super here. quick. Like, He's here. Like right after we opened Palisades, AJ happened to be in this mall. Our, uh, one of our guys from Albany, Cameron, he came down, he was helping us out, like, during the first few weeks we opened. Yeah. And so this guy, AJ, came in, and he, I remember talking to him a couple times, and, like, he was dressed kind of, like, a little raggedy. I, well, don't, yeah. I don't know. You didn't trust yeah, him. So. I didn't, he looked like he might have <laughs> yeah. robbed me kind of thing. Yeah, so he came and talked to me a couple times, and he was like, hey, like, I submitted an application, whatever. But, like, yeah. a lot of people were saying kind of the same thing. Like, a lot of people yeah. were like, oh, are you going to hire me, whatever. So I was like, oh, dude, like, I'm super busy. I don't have time to look at yeah. the application. But then Cameron kept pushing for him. He was like, yep. hey, dude, this guy, AJ, he's awesome. Uh, I like him a lot. You should really give him a shot. And we were literally just at the point where we were so desperate for staff. I was yeah. like, all right, we'll interview anybody. Yeah. And um, at the time, I, I, I remember this. And Andy was like, literally, he like came to me in the back. And he's like, yo, this dude, AJ, he's bad news, bro. Like. Don't hire him. Like, he yes, is, he did. He is sus, bro. Like, I hadn't even met the dude, but like, Andy, I remember Andy coming to me in the back, and he's like, "Yo, like, this dude is sus." Yeah, this guy you know, from Puerto Rico yeah. keeps asking me for he a job. Me, he looks like he's gonna stab me. Don't hire him. And I remember, I remember, like, I, I just remember, like, guy. thinking that as I came into the interview because it was me who interviewed AJ originally. Yeah. And I'm just like thinking in my head, like, all right, you know, whatever, this dude, like. I'm gonna interview him because he's here, but like Andy already said, like you know he's yeah, no, no good, he's no so good. like it's it's a no shot. But I interviewed him, and for we some both reason, interviewed him. Yeah, we, both interviewed I, him. we actually kind of liked him, so we were like, all right, like maybe this dude is like all right, like you know, maybe he won't rock. Yeah, like us. He, he came into the interview, he was extremely humble. Yeah, he came off really well, and we're like, all right, we literally have one staff, we need yeah. anybody, let's hire him. So yep. we hire him the first day. He comes in, he's so humble. He's, like, working hard. He's yeah. asking, what can he do? Literally that first day, I, like, texted Cameron. I'm like, yeah, this guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, he, he rose to uh, manage our Palisade store. Now he's our district manager, and he runs three stores here. Yep. All three of our southern stores in the New York City area. He's yeah. actually the manager who hired me, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, through my interview. Yep. But yeah. That's cool. So, um, cutting back a little bit, we, so we opened up Queens, and it's been doing really well. Um, we we only have four stores right now. Um, Queens is still number one. Like you know, that's been our best move ever. And yeah, uh, yeah other than other than other than hiring Dave, I want to be the yeah. Other than hiring me, but <laughs> I want to be store number one. But Queens pushes product uncontrollably. Yeah, you just can't compete. With I Queens. can't New York City. Listen, for Albany, we do so freaking good, but I can't keep up with Queens. I tried. I just gave as up. As hard on as Dave hustles, it's not possible. I, you can't I, beat I, the giant. I tried keeping up with Queens. There's no keeping up with their sales. So yep. I, uh, I really, um, when I first started, I really, I was like, yo, I'm the top salesman, da-da-da. Like, I make the most <laughs> sales in the company, which is still true to the day. Like, I have the most sales, but I cannot keep up with Queens. Yeah. It will never happen. Yeah. Albany sales will not match up to Queens ever. Yeah. So, yeah, super rough timeline. We opened Queens in uh, September of 2018. We opened our newest store, Jersey Shore, 
in uh, June of this year, so June of 2019. So currently we have four stores. It's like um, a pop-up, though. Yeah, sure. Uh, and basically, yeah, like other important stuff in the company history, um, we had this idea actually shortly after we opened Palisades. We got Blazendary down here, and we had a pop-up with him, and we had this idea like, oh, let's send him a mystery box of products. He'll open it up. It'll be a dope YouTube video. Yep. He'll open all this like mystery stuff out of this yep. box. So that video did really well for him. And but it kind of took us a while. Like like Phil kind of kept having this idea like, yeah. hey, we should sell these mystery boxes. Yeah. And I was like, that's stupid. No one's gonna buy them. Yeah. I had to completely ignore what he said, and I had to do it behind his back. And I just I just put one out on the website, right? So I like came up with this mystery box myself. Put one on the website. And we started selling them like 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 crazy for like well basically like he put he put it out and um, like I do all the graphic design and the kind of stuff for our company so like yeah. all of our designs all of our logos our website I do all that stuff so Phil kind of built this listing with like obviously like low grade kind of like uh, a yeah. build out and like whatever and at that time we did a YouTube video with uh, we didn't even do a video this guy untied Hawaii. Just bought one of our boxes. I don't know yeah. how he heard about us. He bought one of our boxes. He dropped a video. And, like, that day he dropped the video, we sold, like, $10,000 worth of mystery boxes from Phil's yeah. single, like, super crappy basic listing. And we're just like, holy crap. Like, people buy these boxes? So I was like, oh. like So, like, that day I, like, jumped on it. I, like, quickly, like, designed. And, like, we, like, redesigned the whole, like, mystery box section of the website. Made these high-quality mystery boxes. And that was about, um, that was 2018, maybe like March. So, we were not ready for mystery boxes. Like, no. we did, when we dropped them, we didn't know, like, what was coming. Yeah. Like, Phil and Andy were there all day. Like, we were sitting there freaking wrapping individual mystery boxes all Trying day long. To out, yeah. Like, we, were, we did not know what we were doing. We were sitting there like a freaking production line wrapping up. Bait teas in a in a tissue paper. <laughs> yeah, like no it was we so miserable. Like we yeah. weren't ready for the spike in what we were about to do. Yeah, so mystery boxes kind of started out as like this YouTuber thing, but now it's become a pretty core part of our business. All mystery boxes are made and built in Albany. Dave builds probably ninety percent of them. Takes up a lot of my time. The idea of mystery boxes is kind of like like normally we have this margin we have in our stores that allows us to be in business with beater boxes and mystery boxes we sell product at like a very very small margin yeah. and Since it basically we, allows you yeah. to like put in your size uh clothing and shoe size yeah. and get like an awesome amount of product at a yeah. great price that you would never be able to buy in our store so we've been doing business for a lot of years and we you know obviously get products a lot cheaper than a lot of other people can get it we also go out to a lot of these events, and we do, you know, we, we have a, we put in a lot of effort to get product, and in, when it comes to mystery box, we're only looking at about a 10, you know, 12% margin, um, but we do it because, A, you know, it allows us to, to reach a new customer base that, you know, might not shop with us before, um, and B, it allows us to move product, um, you know, quickly, it allows us to move a lot of product, so our goal is not to make a, you know, a fat margin on it. Um, but it's to, you know, create new customers who might then come back and shop with someone, you know, buy someone else yeah. and to get our name out there. Yeah. Um, so basically I, you as a customer, you get to like tap into our like wholesale kind of connections as a big company yeah. and get your size in clothing yep. for like a pretty good price. How many mystery boxes have we sold since we started? I actually don't know that. Number. What do you think? It's Probably that's... That's like how many mystery sales, boxes mystery do you think we've sold since we started? Probably five thousand. Yeah, at least five thousand. Yeah, thousands. We've sold a lot I've of mystery boxes. I've at least bagged up five thousand. Yeah, easily. Uh, My hands hurt. Like rough numbers. Like our first year in business. Like just to give people a little perspective on like kind of the growth of the business um, and like what's possible within the resale like industry. Um, there's companies nowadays in this business that are getting valued over a billion dollars. So, like, this is just an industry that's starting to grow. We think there's a lot of growth left in it. Um, our first year in business with one store, we did, like, $800,000 yep. uh, with one store and online. And this last year, we're looking to close a little over $5 million. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. We do what we can. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're just starting, though. And these guys are so very humble. Like, this is the first time they've been on camera in three years. 
Like, it's been rough getting them to, like, show up and, like, actually talk about themselves. Yeah. They've never, ever wanted to be in the limelight. Um, they're very... They're very about their staff. I mean, since I've been here three years, they've um, they've brought me to Tokyo. They've sent me and my girlfriend on a, a vacation. They got me a brand new BMW, and they never want um, any recognition for any of that. And uh, it was hard even getting them here to like talk about this because they don't want any of that limelight. You know what I mean? They want us to shine, and it, it's nice to put a face on the company after this long they've never uh wanted any of the shine they just wanted our to... goal is not to make ourselves look good honestly like what we want to do is like you know push up our staff because our staff is who you know runs the stores day to day and makes our lives easy we, we're not you know we don't want recognition because what makes lace up great are the staff it's not us it's not what we've created or what we've done it's what the staff do every single day and it's still not easy to work for it's cool that like something that we see that we never would have expected when starting this business that kind of like there's a culture that's grown in the company as a whole but also like in each store so each store kind of like has a personality of its own that's largely kind of like based around the staff there um and when people think of laced up they think of it in different ways in albany when people think of laced up they think of dave they don't think of me and Phil. They don't really think of the company as a whole. They don't know Andy and Phil. Yeah. Dave gets asked all the time if he's the owner of the Every, company. I would say, three to five times a week I get asked if I'm the owner. And I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm just not. a cool thing that, like, and it's it's super humbling and it's it's interesting to kind of sit back and look at once in a while that, like, yeah. and it's, it's humbling for us and it makes us more yeah. focused because... We're like, oh, there's like 30 people in this company yeah. whose livelihoods depend on us. And people ask me, the, people do us. not believe me when I tell them I'm not the owner. Yep. Recently, yep. you're the owner. I'm like, no, I am not. And they're like, yeah. we know you're the owner. I'm like, oh. no, I am not. Yeah. I'm like, I'm an hourly associate. Yeah. I've been here since the beginning, but I'm not the owner. Yeah. And the only reason we've been able to build it to the point we have is because we've been able to tap into like talent and passion and people that like really care about this business and really care about being a part of Laced Up and also sneaker culture and are willing to put the hours in and make themselves the face of Laced Up and really just like represent the company and make it what it is today. Yeah. I, for me, actually, the, the real like oh wow moment was when we uh, did the hayride with all the staff. So we, we do a hayride every year. Um, it's around a haunted, Halloween. Yeah, around Halloween we do a haunted hayride. We uh, bring all the stores there. Uh, we bring all the staff there, and for me, that was like it was such an oh wow moment because you know I'm in every single store like every all, all the time, right? Yeah. But to have everyone together, it was like 30 people, right? And it was 30 people all together, all the hayride, and all just seeing them all together at the same time, they like, having a great time. I just like it was like wow, like all these people, and and for me, it wasn't even like a you know wow, like I honest, I pay every single one of these people every week. All these people. You know, they're, you know, they pay their rent because of me. They, you know, they buy groceries because of me. It was like, wow. I was able to find all of these awesome staff, and they all work together. And yeah. they all love their jobs. That, for me, was like, it was so cool. The hayride's always so epic. Everyone loves the hayride. <laughs> Dave got kicked off the hayride this year. I got kicked off the hayride this year. Dave threw up on the well, hayride. Hey, hold on. I'll tell the story. We went to the hayride all Dave all, drank too much, he threw up on the That's 30. the whole story. <laughs> That's the whole story. There's literally no more to the story. The, we the, chained free Dave the rest of the night. The whole, uh, the whole hayride yeah. wouldn't let me uh, continue. He threw up. Yeah. The police ex- escorted me to the van. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this is the oldest staff member. Right? Yeah. Oldest by how long he's been here and like actual yeah. age. Like he's but guess what? I wouldn't get fired ever. Well, cool. So, I mean, this has been a lot of fun chatting with you guys. I appreciate you guys taking the time to be here with us today. I would say let's close out. Let's say like one thing. Like what's the number one lesson you've learned during your time here at stuff? Like what would you pass on? Other resellers, other businesses, other people that – care about this business what's like the one thing you've learned that you I, want to pass on i would say that there's no limit to this business like um things that other people might think is a um threshold and a stop to this business is not and we can exceed that and uh 
we have bigger, broader minds than a lot of people in this business, and we see, um, we just see things differently than a lot of resellers, and people don't have the same minds as we do, and that's why we've been able to expand this far, and there's no limit to what we can exceed in this business. Gabby? I like that. Um, good, right? Just to build off on what he said. Yeah. Even though I'm like newer to the company, being like the first female that's actually been here long term, uh, it's definitely been an obstacle. And just what Dave said, like, keep doing what you do. Like, don't let anything stop you. Uh, I mean, I've definitely had like several people come up to me and tell me that I don't know what I know, but obviously I know what I know. Mm. Um, like customers, no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously not. Yeah, not not in, not, not laced up. Yeah, yeah, laced up has been very kind. We love to women. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love my job. I love what you guys provide to me. A hundred percent grateful. Um, I think you guys give us opportunities that can be taken for granted, um, and I appreciate you guys. And it's such a small company, but we're growing so much and so fast that just one idea can change so much about the company, and that could make us expand. And I think that. All of our employees have that opportunity to do that for the company. Um, and I think that every individual has like their own personality and can do so much for us. And I love that about us. And we're all so different, but we all come together for you know one sole reason. And that's the love for sneakers, the love of what we do, and just coming in every day and just working our heart out and you know giving back to the company. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's as long as the company makes money, then I'm happy, you know what I mean? As long as the company grows, then I'm happy because then I can grow. Yeah. Um, but it's just that, you know, like being humble, looking out for each other, just always being there for one another and just being a family. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Andy? So, <laughs> you want me to go first? Go for it. All right, cool. Uh, one of the, I would say like the biggest, just because it's been a big theme in my life the last year, uh, I have I just got married back in May. I should probably know that. We're very happy for Andy. It's been a long time. Hashtag bull life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> goals. Um, Andy's goals. Everyone. Everyone yeah, looks anyway. up to Andy. Andy has a nicer boat than your dad. Um, Andy has a nicer wait, boat wait, than this your This is father. not the topic. No, it is the topic. <laughs> it's not the topic. Yo, it, it is good to celebrate young, successful entrepreneurs. And we're, like, as staff, we look up to you guys for, like, how successful you are, like, in a hundred years, I won't be as successful as you guys, and I look up to you guys. That's not true. <laughs> uh, no, it is. It is. It is. It is. I can't say the same. Yeah, no. I can say the same. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, I would say, like, the, the big theme of my life this last year has been kind of balance, and not just, like, this hustle mentality, but finding the balance in your life and finding those things that, like, give you genuine rest and things that give you that kind of rejuvenation that allows you to keep going forward and um, creating a balance in your life because it's difficult as an entrepreneur to uh, make yourself a schedule and like build a normal life because you don't have a nine to five you don't answer anyone it's hard to kind of like when does my day start when am I when does my day end so uh, the biggest lesson I've learned recently is just to kind of balance my life prioritize yeah. other things besides just work and hustle and business and uh, just be able to prioritize my friends and my family and my life yeah. outside of work because as important as work is and obviously as big as a part of my life it is um, that's ultimately not the thing that gives me satisfaction it's it's important to build those other things and have a well-balanced life yeah. not just to hustle every day and just to grind because while there was a time for that especially the first few years of this company uh, working whatever 70 hours a week there's a time for that and there's a place for that but when it's not needed uh there's yeah. a time to build a well-balanced life and you don't need to you don't need to hustle so that you can retire when you're 60 and be happy yeah. then there's a way to build a life you enjoy now yeah. yeah um i would say you know soul supremacy says it best life over shoes um you know and this is this is just kind of a advice for all you know resellers in general like uh sneakers aren't everything and you know you know investing all your money into profit into a product and you know you know making the next flip is not everything at the end of the day it's it's really investing into staff that will, will make you or break you because the main difference between like if you were to ask me what's the difference between you and every other reseller i would say my staff 
that that's what it is. Um, the staff is who represents you every single day. The staff is who you know works at the store every single day. The staff is who makes all the sales, talks to all the customers. Those are the people who either make you a great company or make you a company that everyone's like, you know, them. Their their people are awful. I hate going to that store. When you come to a lace shop, you feel like you're at home. People are, you know, welcoming and they want to talk to you and they're, you know, they're happy to be there. You see that. You when you talk to the staff, you feel like this person loves their job and they love to be here. So that's the difference. You know, resellers invest in your staff pay them well give them benefits do whatever you can to make those people love their job because that's who's going to make your company great it's not you know sneakers are going to sell themselves ultimately at the end of the day it's it's the staff that's going to make your company great you know great or not so yeah without our staff we are you know we're just two we're just two dudes it's two dudes yeah. barely know anything about sneakers yep yeah. that's a fact cool and we have big things coming soon. Big yeah, things big things coming. coming. Talking about the like the company going forward. Um, just some like previews of things we have going in the works. Um, the theme of 2020 is going to be bigger, better, improved stores. So uh, this is kind of like super early preview, but we are looking to move two of our stores to higher profile malls. Um, so we're going to be moving two of our slower stores to like crazier bigger, better malls. Um, we're going to be moving all that staff yep. over and giving kind of them the opportunity to work in a more busy yeah. environment at a better mall, you know, with a cooler build out, awesome yeah. store. So look for that early 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah our, other than that, our mindset what was not like we, we, we wanted to move all of our staff. So we just looked at opportunities to where our staff could move to the, a better mall. So yeah. All of our staff in uh, 2020 will be able to work the stores that we move to. So yep. no one will be losing their jobs. Everyone will be able to work at these new stores and just do better than what we're doing right now. Yep. But be able to keep their jobs. So, Absolutely. you know, our, our, that was our first thought is like we want our staff to be able to keep their jobs and work in better malls. So yep. improve our company as well as yeah. improve like their work experience. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you guys for taking the time. I appreciate yeah. everyone coming out for Thank our you first ever podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We have Dave from Albany. He's going back home. It's yep. a long way up north. Two hours. Gabby from Queens slash kind of from here. She has, five, she has a five-minute drive. She's got a five-minute drive home. We got a hotel. Yeah. But, yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everyone listening. This has yeah. been our first ever podcast. Uh, we hope we did, you know, we hope we enriched your your last hour like comment subscribe i don't know what we're doing yeah. but yeah so we'd love to interview other people like so. comment subscribe to see dave shirtless that's, that's if you want to see me shirtless follow laced up all that's a different website altogether <laughs> uh so comment anyone else you'd like us to interview Hashtag this has been a great time this has been the start from the bottom podcast hosted by laced up andy dave phil gabby we're out